Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with Gun Sports Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey, will teach you everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Now, here's your host, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey. Hey, welcome to Gun Sports Radio. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful July 4th. And hopefully you went through about 7,000 rounds of ammo because that's the way to celebrate the 4th of July. Hey, don't forget to visit our website at www.gunsportsradio.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just go to Gun Sports Radio. We are here to help you answer all the hard questions that are being thrown out there when it comes to gun ownership. And all those crazy new laws that are coming out. Oh, my goodness. Hey, by the way, the Gun Range San Diego sponsors this segment and the whole show, actually. 7853 Balboa Avenue, seven days a week, 10 to 10. I call it the Nordstrom's of gun ranges. First-time shooter, they love you. Medium shooter, they love you even more. You know, older than dirt, shot a lot, you're still a good friend of the Gun Range San Diego. Go down there and check them out. Go to thegunrangesandiego.com. Check their schedules out. See what kind of events are coming up. Uh, Check out the library. All kinds of new guns are coming in and out of that all the time. Just check them out, folks. The Gun Range San Diego. Go to thegunrangesandiego.com. Well, we got Lance Pelkey and Michael Schwartz in the house. How are you guys doing today? Happy 4th, Dave. I got my... Stars and stripes. Yes, huh? you do, man. You're, you're very patriotic. Yes, indeed. Fabulous. Got to fight the fight. So, what's up, Michael? So, we have a, this segment. Uh, we have a call to action segment, and uh, we sure. need everybody listening. Uh, whether you're listening live or you're listening uh, to the stream on uh, from our website, the San Diego City Council is uh, come, has come up with a brand new ridiculous regulation. Um, it went through committee, it passed through committee, and now on July 15th, it's going to go to a general vote. So uh, at their city council meeting on July 15th at 2 p.m., they're going to vote to keep uh, everybody in, in San Diego, so in the city of San Diego, and they've expressed an interest in putting this on uh, at the county level. They want everybody that lives in the, in the city of San Diego, if you own a gun, you have to keep it inoperable unless you're actually touching the gun. So the gun has to be in a safe, locked up, inoperable, unless you're actually touching on it or touching it. And today on on the line, we have Mike from SD Must, who was at the committee meeting, um, and he uh, made a statement along with Wendy from San Diego County Gun Owners, a couple other folks in opposition to this. Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Good. Happy Independence Weekend. Um, Yeah. So tell us what happened at the committee meeting. So pretty much at the meeting, um, you know, the normal, the red shirts were there instead of the orange shirts. So they were actual Moms Demand Action people. Um, and they basically, you know, you could see they were passing out their talking points over to Mara Elliott, who just repeated a lot of research and studies done by anti-gun organizations. And Mara Elliott is the city attorney. She's the attorney for the city council, and she's the one that's actually trying to push this thing through. And she is, she's a speaker, you know, these anti-gun groups uh, in town. She's a speaker. She's she's completely and totally on 
on board with them. She's been uh, pushing the red flag laws, the gun violence restraining orders. So she's absolutely in the pocket of the uh, anti-gun folks. So they were, well, um, she's the driving force behind funny. this. It's funny because whenever any of, you know, someone like her says, oh, we want to come up with, you know, common sense solutions to make things safer. They never actually ask any like pro-gun people or gun safety people or trainers or anyone else that actually knows about actual safety. They just have pre-written talking points ready to go for Moms Demand Action or, you know, one of the other groups, Bloomberg groups. Um, so she got to give her a whole little presentation and then there was so what was the big what was what what would you say is what what was a major point you know what what did what did they give what was a reason that they give uh that they gave in order to to pass this regulation that you have to have your gun uh locked up or inoperable unless you're actually touching it inside your own home what was their big reason for it so their reasoning was that the the law that we already have in the state of california as far as you know locking your gun up so children can't get it isn't going far enough. Um, so they want to go even further than the state law. And instead of, you know, punishing people that negligently leave their firearms out and kids hurt themselves, they want even people that don't have kids, you know, or a prohibited person in their home to have to lock them up as well. And their whole concept was that it would somehow make things safer. And some of the people that spoke in favor of it you know, they had their sob stories about how someone in their family tried to commit suicide, you know, and they were thankful that they couldn't get a gun. You know, it's like, well, it's like that's a completely different issue. So they, know, they, they, they painted it as a suicide prevention issue? Yeah. That if I, if I, if people I. That, that came forward and said that it was about suicide prevention, because if they just had, you know, if it was locked away and they just had a couple more seconds to think about it, you know, it might change their mind. And what was the point that you made when you in your statement? Because you did an excellent job. You always do an excellent job. And what what was what was you kind of your driving point? Well, my point is, is if anything, it, it makes people more, more unsafe. Like, you know, if you're a gun owner, you know, you never actually, you know, they say you only you can only either lock your gun up. Basically, they would want to outlaw the mere presence of a firearm in a home right. that isn't either locked up and unloaded or on your person. The thing is, is like, well. You can get to a gun in a couple seconds in a safe, but that they've never actually tried that. I'm sure, especially in the heat of the moment in the middle of the night. Um, on top of that, you know, you have to you have to take into account that you don't ever really know when you're going to need your gun. You don't, you know, you, the reason people leave their guns out while they're home is if something does happen, they can get to them quickly without having to worry about settling around with a lock or a well, there, and there's there's a lot of reasons. One of the you know somebody, you know we we're, we're all responsible gun owners, so we think yeah you should you know generally have your your gun uh, safely stored or, or whatever yeah. you know. But but it's your decision, it's your choice, it's your house, um, it's your property. And the, you know one of the examples I gave to somebody, a real world example, would be you know hey if you have a you know, single woman who has a firearm on her nightstand. Um, for protection and uh, police come to her front door you know knock and say hey we've had reports of burglars do you mind if we check you know check around well now she's standing at the front door her guns at the nightstand and the cop sees it she's a criminal you know that's a real world yeah. example that's something that that's you know could, was reasonable could actually happen well, now this and along those lines is if she has to carry the gun on her person 
all the time. Let's say she answers her door, she's trying to obey the law, and the cops see she has a gun. You know, what are they going to do? Right. They're yeah. going to freak out on her. Now, a lot of people say, hey, this is not going to stand because it's it sounds so much like Heller versus D.C. Heller versus D.C. was 2008 when the Supreme Court uh, uh, ruled against the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C., when uh, District of Columbia basically had a very similar law that said you had to keep your gun inoperable inside your house. Um, and that was the groundbreaking case that said, yes, the uh, Second Amendment is an individual right. It applies to each person. So a lot of people say, well, gee, just who cares if this thing passes? Let's take it to court and, you know, it'll go up to the Supreme Court and then, you know, happy day and, and they'll rule for us. Well, unfortunately, uh, Jackson versus San Francisco, the Ninth Circuit actually uh, took a, a this exact same law. San Francisco has this exact same law in the book, uh, and they uh, uh, ruled in favor of San Francisco. And it they, it was appealed, and then uh, the Supreme Court decided to not take it. So in the Ninth Circuit, this law is, according to the Ninth Circuit, legal. Um, so how are we going to get it back up to the Supreme Court? I don't know. But right now, we need to concentrate on making sure this law doesn't pass because, you know, lawyers aren't just going to swoop in and save the day. You know, we've got to get uh, focused on activism. We've got to show that we can show up and show up in mass. So, Mike, are you going to be able to make it there on the 15th? Yeah, me or one of our other board members will be there for sure. Excellent. We're trying um, to get as many folks as we can. So it's it's at City. I would say is, in the in the audience, they you know they tend to all wear the same color T-shirt. It would be I don't know maybe an idea if all the pro people on our side wore a different color shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's it, well, it, 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 whatever color shirt you're wearing, though, we need you to show up. There's so many people. Yeah, you know they they mean. give comments on Facebook and they complain and they hand ring and they go, "Gee golly, gosh, why doesn't somebody do something?" Here is your opportunity to stand up, do something, make sure your voice is heard. When so, is it? Uh, july 15th where is it city hall down in san diego what time is it 2 p.m show up early so you can get your name on the speaker list for more information go to san diego county gunowners.com mike thank you thank you sd must for everything you do wonderful job thank you thanks buddy yeah thank you all All right right. all right we're gonna take a quick break we come back a whole lot more right here on gun sports radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. This is the answer. Hey, don't go anywhere. Up next, uh, after the break, well, we already did the break, but John Dillon with Gun Law and with Gun Laws in California will be on, and he's got some news for you, so don't go anywhere. But in the meantime, have you heard us talk, tell you about how easy it is to install a Cali key? Well, let me tell you what. It will definitely make your AR rifle California legal in recognition of recent gun laws. Those law changes can put the unknowing owner of an AR-15 or AR-10 on the wrong side of the jail door. You don't want to be that person. So if you want to keep your AR and pi- with a pistol grip, telescoping stock, and foregrip, and still have a detachable magazine, check out Cali Key. Cali Key is a cost-effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant and future-proof your AR from all those horrible California gun laws. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y. 
Com. And while you're at it, do you or any of your family members keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or other weapons for personal protection? Do you have or are you going to get a CCW? Well, if you're involved in an incident, what is your plan to pay for bail and the expensive lawyer costs? Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection for less than $10 a month. You'll have peace of mind knowing a 24-hour hotline and legal representation is waiting for you and your family. That's Firearms Legal Protection at www.firearmslegal.com or you can call them at 469-310-9100. All right. Hey, if you ever need a lawyer and you're uh, and it's a gun-related issue, Gatsky, Dillon, and Balance LLP is where you need to go. Go to cafirearmslaw.com. You'll get John Dillon. In fact, if you have Firearms Legal protection and you get into trouble and you're in san diego good chance you're going to get him and you couldn't get a better lawyer than john Dillon. he's a hunter he's a gun enthusiast and he truly cares about gun rights if you don't believe it stick around because he's going to be all fired up because he doesn't give good news he only gives bad news 760-431-9501 760-431-9501 make sure you call john before you do anything Hey, Mr. Happy, how you doing? How's it going, guys? Doing good. So, uh, what's kicking? I know you got good news. Well, I actually do have some good news, uh, one that I'm particularly proud of. So, um, last Monday, uh, I had the privilege of filing a a federal lawsuit against California uh, Attorney General regarding California's... uh, ban on selling transferring firearms to anyone any adult 18 to 20 years old really that's fabulous news that's awesome man. yeah so i don't know I, we've talked about the law before in the past especially when it passed but uh essentially california doesn't allow the the sale transfer or uh giving possession or control of a firearm uh to people under uh under 21 above 18 uh, by a licensed dealer range. So uh, once you turn an adult uh, at 18 in California, uh, even if you live on, on your own, in your own apartment, have your own job, you're not in school, uh, you want uh, to purchase a firearm to protect yourself, uh, California uh, says that that is unlawful. You can't do it. And uh, they are trying to take away these uh, these people's rights. So, uh, we filed a lawsuit to challenge that, and, and we have every intention uh, of pushing until we win. Well, you know you're not going to get your Christmas card from Gavin Newsom anymore. <laughs> Just letting you know, you're going to be really bummed. I don't think I ever stood a chance on that one. <laughs> so I don't think a lot of people understand the angle from the from the gun range angle. How they? Yeah. So this is an interesting part uh, of of the lawsuit, and you know it affects you know, the individual significantly, but it's also had a huge effect on, on retailers and especially ranges uh, or gun ranges because the law prevents these licensed dealers from uh, giving control or possession of firearms to anyone under 21. Uh, anyone that comes into their range, they can't be under 21. Uh, and that means they can't, the ranges can't rent firearms uh, to these people, even though they're adults. Uh, they can't. The people can't participate in the range classes to learn firearm safety uh, and take the courses to, to gain knowledge to protect themselves. 
this law prevents all that because the range is prohibited from even giving possession or control of a firearm to uh, any individual 18 to 20 years old. So ranges have had to, uh, you know, start questioning people's age once they come into the range. And if anyone is under 21, they've had to tell them that they have to leave. They can't do anything or they can stay in the, in the, the retail store without going into the ranges. And the scary part is this also applies, let's say, uh, you know, a 45-year-old dad goes into the range with his 20-year-old son, and, and neither of them own a firearm, but they, they intend to rent a gun and go use the range and learn how to safely shoot together. This law prohibits that from happening because even if the range rents the gun to the dad, uh, the range knows that the son's going to go into the range with him and obtain control and possess that firearm in the range. And that's illegal. They can't do that. They can't allow that to happen. So even if someone comes with someone well over 21, it does not matter. The law is too broad sweeping and it's a pointless one, in fact. So it infringes on not only individual plaintiffs, but also, you know, these retailers and ranges where, you know, rental uh, rentals of guns is a big part of their business. So what, uh, you know, just playing devil's advocate, what exact? What's the standing? Like, what? What's the case that you're making? What's it based on? What exactly? Uh, you know, what legal argument are, are you making, or, or you know, what rights being violated exactly, or, or how are you presenting that? So it's a very simple one. Uh, this law violates the Second Amendment rights of the individuals and the NCs, and also the. the organizations that are involved. So we have Firearms Policy Coalition, the Cal Guns Foundation, the Second Amendment Foundation, and the Firearms Policy Foundation are all uh, plaintiffs in the case, uh, organizational plaintiffs who are, you know, uh, they have uh, standing through their members who are all, you know, many of them are 18 to 20 years old and uh, are also being affected by this law. So they're taking those individuals place by uh, asserting the claim. But it's a straight Second Amendment claim. The, the law prohibiting the, the sale and transfer of firearms to legal, law-abiding adults. So we're, you know, there's no argument saying we're trying to get around background checks or, you know, safe, firearm safety certificates, anything like that. These individuals would still have to go through all of the same, uh, you know, California purchase requirements that all other uh, gun owners have to go through. Uh, except that because of their age, uh, they, they are prohibited from buying firearms. So if someone said, well, gee, uh, a 19-year-old can't get into a bar, we're allowed to discriminate uh, you know, based on age there, you don't have the right to keep and bear beer. Is that, is that, is that yeah, the difference? Well, exactly. That, that's the, the, usually one of the first superficial arguments that someone brings up when uh, you, you talk about this type of case is they say, oh, well, you know, you can't buy beer or you smoke a cigarette until you're 21. You can't rent a car until you're 25. Well, well those, that's fine. You know, smoking and, and drinking are vices, and you have no constitutional fundamental right to those things. So uh, there's a big distinction in the law between vices and a right. And we are talking about a fundamental Second Amendment right that everyone has. And, you know, as an adult, once you turn 18, you are an adult in the eyes of the law, and that gives you all full rights under the Constitution. You don't get any inhibited rights as an adult. 
Uh, and the fact that the state of California is trying to say that 18 to 20 year olds aren't responsible enough or they're, they're too dangerous to, to purchase firearms. Uh, one, it's an arbitrary argument with no factual evidence to support that. Uh, and, and two, you know, uh, it's discriminatory. They're discriminating against people that are 18 to 20 with, without regard for their individual circumstances. Uh, you know, the fact that they have no criminal history, no mental health history, uh, they're totally fine law-abiding legal adults and they're trying to and the state has uh, stripped them of their rights that's awesome i bet aliens can do it <laughs> <laughs> you mean like illegal aliens or, or martian aliens there's a big difference <laughs> <laughs> well hey by the way i just got an amazing um god there are there's somebody listening it says dave does a 20-year-old police recruit not able to attend the police academy anymore? Yeah, so under the law, that's one of the minute exceptions is if you're in the military or law enforcement and the state considers that, you know, a good exceptions to their law. So uh, the, the only other one that's, you know, generally applicable would be to obtain a hunting license. But the thing is, uh, the Second Amendment isn't for only police and it's not for people in the military and it's definitely not just for hunting uh the second amendment is the individual right to defend yourself uh from either tyrannical government or from any unwanted attack so uh you know my clients they're not going to join the military and they're not going to become law enforcement and they're not going to fake an interest in hunting they don't want to hunt and they have no need for a hunting license or to go through hunter safety in which they'd learn a bunch of facts on fish and wildlife law and fish and game codes that has nothing to do with what they want to do. They want to exercise their right to self-defense, and they should be able to. Well, this is another example, too, of, uh, you know, gun groups being fairly reasonable. There's been a ban on uh, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds owning pistols for years and we've kind of put up with it and said okay fine but there is nothing reasonable about a total ban which is exactly what this is and it's just another example of groups like you know san diego county gun owners the firearms policy coalition uh you know uh, we're not the extremists we're fighting against extremists and a total complete and total ban on an adult's ability to defend themselves that's an extreme measure and i'm so totally. glad that you're standing up for it you're you're absolutely the best and thank everybody uh, at Firearms Policy Coalition and Second Amendment Foundation and Calgans, all those guys, please thank them. So do you need any help from the general public on this, or have you got it pretty much dialed in? Uh, we're already working hard on the case, but uh, if anyone uh, has uh, been involved in a situation where your rights have been uh, violated, especially Second Amendment rights, uh, feel free to give us a call. All right, buddy. And that number is, folks, if you don't have it, it is, oops, on the other page. Well, if I had had it turned to paper, 760 760- Four three one nine five zero one, and if you don't have a phone, go to cafirearmslaw.com, cafirearmslaw.com. All right, buddy, keep up the good fight, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, guys. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, 
you heard us talk about how easy it is to install a Cali key and how it makes your AR rifle California legal in recognition of the recent gun law changes. Well, those law changes can put the unknowing owner of an AR-15 or a 10 on the wrong side of a jail door. And if you want your AR to keep its pistol grip, telescoping stock, foregrip, and still have a detachable magazine, check out Cali Key. Cali Key is a cost-effective, easy solution that will allow you to keep your AR compliant and future-proof your AR from all those horrible new California gun laws. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y, K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, this segment is brought to you by the Gun Range San Diego, located at 7853 Balboa Avenue, open 10 to 10, seven days a week. The gun, uh, the uh, Nordstrom's of gun ranges, whether you're a first-time shooter or you've been shooting your whole life or even in the middle, the Gun Range San Diego love you folks to death. They'll bring you in. They've got training. They've got awesome safety marshals or safety officers. And then they have Mr. Wonderful, Casey. How you doing, bud? Doing pretty, doing pretty good. How are you guys holding up? Loving it. Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> Hope you guys had a happy Fourth. We sure did down here at the gun range. You guys were busy. On the fourth, <laughs> we were. Uh, you know, we're expecting a lot of people, but hey, everyone wanted to come in, so we're here till about five five thirty. Kept the range open and let people get some good shooting in on the fourth. Yeah, and around it too. I mean, exercising their Second Amendment rights. That place was packed. It was. Yeah, it kept us real busy, you know. Um, and then it even came down, you know, with the ammo sales and stuff, you know. It was still good. It was kind of one of the bigger things, you know. We haven't talked since that ammo, that the ammo backhouse has been going through. Um, so far, it hasn't been as bad as we thought. Don't get me wrong. It still sucks that we have to go through this. But the entire process has been relatively pain-free um, when it comes to doing the actual doses in the backhouse form. It's been instant. Like as soon as I hit the submit button, I press another button and it proves it right there. So, and if if someone's purchasing a firearm, they could also uh, under the same dose purchase uh, ammo. Yep, actually they can. They a can do it on the uh, or the delivery on that. Yeah, so it'll basically pull up another tab. It's like you want to submit an ammo background check too, and you can do ammo at the same time as the background check on it, which is awesome. Yeah, that's so that's good to know. At least they kind of yeah, and they kind of revamped the dose system so. A lot more stuff is cleaned up on it, and a lot of the more, you know, the buttons that we use to click on have actually been cleaned up on it. So it's not like trying to go through and find anything. It's all right there, easy to use. Um, so, so far, average, you know, background checks and everything have, for a whole transaction of somebody picking up ammo has been anywhere from three to five minutes. So mm. not the work. And and you're talking to, as you're talking to new people that are new gun owners or or you know mm-hmm. ta- talking pers- prospective gun owners uh, and you're telling them about this whole thing with the ammo deal. What's their response? Do they know about it? Uh, a majority of them do. They still just don't understand how it goes through and why it's going on. Yeah. We try to explain it to the best himself. And most of the time, I just say, "Welcome to California." But you know. <laughs> It is what it is at that point. But most people have been very, very receptive about it. You know, we have some people that just don't want to deal with it, and they keep trying to slide on the radar. We're like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. this, is, this is the law now. As much as we despise it, we have to abide by it for now until, you know, we go with these appeals and whatnot on it. So, um, But so far, it's been, it hasn't been too bad on it. Um, as long as people's documentation is good on it. So, we know, I've been calling the DOJ multiple times, and they've been very, very helpful on it, luckily, on our end. Um, cause we've had multiple questions, you know, like 
when it comes to submitting ammo background checks, you can't use a supplementary uh, proof of residency. So say your uh, driver's license is incorrect, but your DROS, like your correct address is correct on the DROS, that's good. Mm. So that's other stuff we found out because I've had that multiple times. We're like, yeah, I've never updated my address on my, my driver's license, but I use my driver's li- or my, uh, you know, driver's, uh, my vehicle registration to correct my DROS address. So it basically goes off the correct address on the DROS. If that is where they live, that is the correct address on it. It goes by instantly. Um, we've had a couple denials so far, but it's not, it wasn't anything on our end. It was there like misspelling or various other stuff that we corrected on it. What, what so happened? The has been very happy with us. Have you had to do, uh, there's, there's a couple of different levels. There's the instant, it's a dollar, mm-hmm. and then there's one that's like $90, and it takes a couple days, right? Yeah, it's a it's a nineteen dollar one, and that is the uh, the basic. The standard one's the one dollar one. Then you have your COE, and then the basic one is the nineteen dollars, and it takes multiple days. We haven't had to do the ba- the the basic one, and that's mainly for people that um, don't have a firearm purchase in California within the past five years. So a lot of times they have to go through the CFAR system and up- update a bunch of stuff. The other one we're still dealing with is like military purchases. Um, they have to provide like a uh, uh, birth certificate or passport to provide or, you know, show citizenship out here. So or so citizenship in the U.S. It's it's uh, kind of fun for the military end, but we're, we're doing as best we can. Hey, Casey, I uh, got another uh, text. I got to quit giving out my phone number. <laughs> it says, do you need a real ID and can you buy any caliber? Yes, yeah, so you can buy any caliber real ID. So as long as your ID doesn't say federal loan supply, you're still good. The real IDs will be coming in effect, I believe, is January 1st of next year. So my ID right now that I have, it has a little bear hologram on it, and that is good. But the instant your ID comes up for expiration, then it's going to go to a federal loan supply, and then you need to get a real ID. Right. And if, and the, the key to that, folks, is if you get in the mail – Oh, hey, send us $35 and we'll send you your driver's license. And you get all excited because you don't have to go to DMV. You're going to get a restricted license. So if yep. you have to go, was it January of this year? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when it started. Yeah. January mm-hmm. of this year. If your birthday falls anywhere in 2019, you have, you know, especially after that January date, you have to go in physically, bring all your documentation, you know pretty much anything and everything and look on the website it'll actually tell you i think it's even on yours isn't it uh well yeah. I, I don't it's, i think it's on theirs it's not i don't think we you don't have it on yours yeah, yeah. okay yeah, so we that's have it up on ours so we're, we're getting it on there updated right. and, and what about folks that have a ccw for san diego uh, CCW, so it, it still needs the id the ccw basically exempts them from you know like say family affidavit and the secondary proof of residencies and whatnot but still have to have the corrective uh state id Wonderful. There so if you have a driver's yeah. license that says federal limit mm-hmm. supply, meaning it's not a real ID, top right corner, mm-hmm. it says federal limitations or federal limit supply, there's nothing you right. can do? Or is there, would you have to, could you bring in a passport? Could you bring in a birth certificate and buy ammo or there, you're done? So, yeah, as of right now, it's still, if it says federal limit supply, they're, they're not accepting them. I have been hearing things about using passports and birth certificates. But I haven't called the DOJ on that yet, and that's probably something we're going to do today just to make sure. Well, because they did have some little leeway on it, but it's 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 still trying to deal with the DOJ. So when you when somebody comes in, so you ask for their driver's license, and if they don't mm-hmm. have it, what do you do? We basically tell them they need to get a real ID. 
Okay, gotcha. And that's yeah. how that's how it comes down to, especially with you know purchasing firearms too. Right. Everything has to go through that now. It, it's a mandated thing. There's our hands are tied at that point. Believe me, as much as we want to sell guns to everybody we can. All right. So it's just it's let, just how it is. Let me let me just throw another scenario out there because in the car industry, when smogging came came about, mm-hmm. the government used to bring in what we call ringers to try to catch the independent shops either using somebody else's tailpipe to smog a car because they knew the car they were going to smog would never mm-hmm. pass. Do you, does the government do that to gun shops as well? I have no doubt in my mind that they do. You know, it's kind of like a secret shopper thing. Right. So that's why we're not out there to spread bumps to anybody. And, you know, right. we don't. We have so many people that come in here all day and they're asking questions and we always tell them, like, look, we're not lawyers. We're not here to give legal advice. Right. This is just what the law did to this point, and this is what we have to abide by. Right. I can't, you know, advise you of anything more than that that's going to get, you know, me in a bind or you in a bind. So, because right. we have people always asking questions like, oh, you know, well, why can't I put a, if I put this vertical foregrip on it? Are you going to, you know, come after us? I'm like, look, we're not law enforcement in here. But, you know, if you violate the law, that is on you. You know, we've had people that bring, because we do work on certain guns and stuff, and we had somebody who wanted us to put a vertical grip on a gun for him. We're like, we, no. Just we, can't do it. We cannot do that. We can't do that. You know, what you do with your gun on your time, that's on you. But it, us, no, we have yeah. to buy that. Well, because you never know. All it's going to take is one. And then yeah. you're on the list. Then you're on the list. All, all it takes is one mistake or one miss up on anything. Right. And the ATF, because the ATF is looking for a reason to shut down anybody and everybody. Oh, that sure. That's their especially, job. Especially gun range. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what they do. The, the alphabet boys out there yep. are—they're uh, a little sneaky buggers, that's for sure. Well, but, they're not to help you know, and protect; that, they're to trap and co- yeah. and convict. Yeah. So far, you know, us contact because we we know we have our DOJ hotline number and we call them for any questions we have, and always the people we have on the other end of the line have been extremely helpful of us, and they're just real people. You know, this is their interpretation of law for the DOJ, and they tell us it as it is, not just trying to you know trap us or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're always good with them. ATF. They're, uh, they're kind of a new entity. Like I, It was actually something that I just learned today um, when it comes to 9 mil rifles. So we had a customer. He came in. He was under 21, but he has a hunting license. Therefore, he can buy rifles. He purchased a 9 millimeter rifle because it is a rifle. It is a fixed stock. It has a rifle and all that. And I called the DOJ. He's like, hey, you know, he can buy this. Yes. Can he buy ammunition for it? And they said, you know, per the penal code and everything, it is up to the – firearms dealers to decide, but if they believe but without a reasonable doubt that that ammunition will be used in a rifle, we are permitted to sell them 9mm ammo oh, for that rifle. That's interesting. Yeah. We, know, we we had no idea about it. We know, like, 9mm, nope, this around, can't use it. Called up the DOJ, and they're like, nope, as long as it is a reasonable, without a reasonable doubt that you're believing that this will be used in the rifle, you're good. Now, does that put the responsibility on you if it turns it's out not done. to be used and yeah. it's used in a crime? Right. You know, and it does to us, but that's, you know, there's nothing we can do at that point. Right. Gotcha. You know, I told this guy, I told this guy a 9mm rifle, I'm looking at it, it is a 9mm rifle. Beyond a doubt, I'm selling him ammo for this rifle. If it comes, if he uses it for something else, that's on him. It doesn't come back to us. I sold it to him with the rifle. Is it something that we're doing? No, not necessarily, because, you know, not many people are in this bind. It's just onesies and twosies, but that's what it's trying to wade through all these laws and figure out, you know, all right, what is okay and what is not? Because, you know, it's the same thing with, like, the AR pistols. Yeah. What is good, what is not? You know what? Just sell him one bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him if he needs yeah, another one, come on down. <laughs> all exactly. right, buddy. Hey, we appreciate uh, everything you do. 
keep working and folks go down to d gun range san diego today check out casey tell you what he'll make you a cup of coffee that's the kind of guy he is right here on gun sports radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, a firearm, or other weapon for personal protection? Or do you or any of you folks going to get a CCW? Well, what would you do if you got involved in an incident? What is your plan to pay for bail and expensive lawyer fees? Well, if you're smart, you'll hook up with Firearms Legal Protection. Go to firearmslegalprotection.com. And for less than $10 a month, you'll have peace of mind knowing a 24-hour hotline and legal representation is waiting for you and your family. That's Firearms Legal Protection at www.firearmslegal.com or 844-357-9400. That's 844-357-9400. That's firearmslegal.com. All right. We got Sam the Gunman on the line. All right. Sam, you ready for your question? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, this is a, it's, it's kind of a broad one, but I, I thought it was interesting, uh, so I kind of cut it down a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase the question, but I, th- I think you'll I think you'll do well. This is Joanne from Poway. Uh, she wants to know what the di- so a lot of times in movies and 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 pictures and, and that sort of thing, people will actually confuse an AK-74 that the Russians made in 1974. For an AK-47, which the Russians made in 1947, um, and and they think they're looking at an AK-47, they're actually looking at an AK-74. Uh, Joanne from Poway wants to know what are some of the significant differences between an AK-74 and an AK-47. Joanne from Poway, thanks for the question. And you are right, this is a pretty broad one. Um, so it, it, it there's no like to talk about the differences you have to talk about um like there weren't just two versions of the ak it was sort of an iterative design process um that started in the um started in the mid to late 1940s and culminated in 1947 with the adoption of uh what they call the type 1 and type 2 ak's um well the the type 1 and then the type 2 came along a little later and that one was milled and then um the akm came along in I want to say the 50s, um, when they finally got their stamping processes under control. So when people say AK-47, what they usually mean is AKM, um, because that was what was most produced. And then the AK-74, which came along in, um, of course, 1974, as the name suggests, um, incorporated a few more modifications, but most notably uh, a change in caliber. The um, the Soviets had seen how effective um, the 5.56 NATO cartridge was um, at wounding and how much less recoil it produced. And so they created their own small caliber high velocity cartridge in the 5.45. That's excellent. That is absolutely excellent. Uh, I hope that answered the question. More than answered the question. That's my nephew, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and what uh, you said that they had seen, uh, you know, what happened with the five five six. The Americans in our AR series were using 
uh, mostly five five six. What uh, what's significant about nineteen seventy four, and where had they seen that? I guess um, they had seen reports from Vietnam. From Vietnam, right, where they were keeping a close eye on and 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 helping out uh, the enemy and seeing that uh, you know, although it had a kind of a slow start, the the M sixteen had a slow start and they had to be improved and they had to learn how to use it and clean it and everything was a uh, devastating weapon to the uh, to the enemy even though the they were fighting against an AK47 right yeah um, dr. Martin Fackler one of the founders of um, I think the founder of the US Army wound ballistics laboratory um, in when he was in field hospitals in Vietnam he noticed that um, bullets fired from AK47s and SKSs um, had a tendency to just sort of pencil through flesh. And if they didn't hit any critical organ or bone or anything, then the wounds weren't very complex because the um, the bullets were very stable. They're, they were mostly steel cord, and they didn't yaw or fragment or anything like that. They were just punched through. Well, that's awesome. I think you more than answered her question. That is a fantastic job. We're actually going to keep you on the line, and uh, but we have uh, we're going to talk to Lee from Gunfighter Tactical. Um, a uh, uh, is, is Lee there? Are you on on the line, Lee? Hey guys, how's it going? How's your Sunday? Good, man. How's yours? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, this weather is nice to be summer. I, I got to admit. Were you listening to my nephew there talk about AK seventy fours and AK forty sevens? Yeah, I was listening. I zoned out just listening. I'm going, man, that guy's smart. <laughs> Dude, 19 year old kid. That's my nephew. Yeah, I remember you telling me about it. I'm like, wow, he's a wealth of knowledge. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, what happened with the three gun? Well, uh, it was a massive success. It was a lot of fun. I think I, I dare you to find someone who didn't have fun. Uh, it was a really, really good time. Uh, our sponsors came through, like Arrow, uh, Vortex, uh, Accutac, Bipod, Hogue, TMC. They all donated stuff, so every single person who competed got a prize, and that was just phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's so rare that the, the employees of the gun shops get a prize. We're always giving them out to people, but we never get to keep them ourselves, so that was that was a cool, cool treat. So just to recap, uh, Gunfighter Tactical, uh, you guys organized a three-gun competition against uh, some of the other gun shops in town. And who are the other gun shops that uh, participated? So, real quick, it's not just a three-gun, it's a combat three-gun. So, okay. there is an added an added difference of uh, we count no-shoots a lot more heavily, and we're wearing uh, plate carriers. What's a no-shoot? Uh, Tell everybody what a no-shoot is. Basically, a no-shoot would be your hostage situation or somebody standing in the way of your target. You know, they would say, uh, know what your surroundings are and know what's beyond your target. Well, that, that encounter, that's a real-life situation. You know, in a three-gun, what's beyond your target is the firm. But in a real-life situation, that's not always the case, you know. So no-shoots are counted a lot more heavily because we're in a combat mindset as opposed to just a blam-blam-blam uh, shoot through a orange netting mindset. Blam, blam, blam. Exactly. So five, five shops, right? Five shops total. Yep, five shops. Five so man teams. Uh, yep, yep. So 25 shooters total. Okay, and who, who, who participated? So it was uh, Gunfighter Tactical, BB Firearms, the Gun Range San Diego, the Glock Store, who I will also mention has been to all three, so that's pretty impressive. Oh, nice. And uh, the last one was um, uh, Ammo Brothers, right, right over by us. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so big announcement. Who won? 
Uh, for the third year in a row, Gunfighter Tactical took the prize. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And I, I felt really embarrassed because I actually forgot the trophy at the shop on the wall. And then I, you know, kind of convenient that I just had to take it down and write our name on it again and hang it back up. So arrogant. That's so arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's a lot of hard work and training. It's not like we just show up and don't know what we're doing. You know, we've been training and thinking about this for months and, you know, putting it together for months. And it, it, it turns out super cool every year. And it's, uh, it's something I can be proud of. And I hope everyone had a good time. That's cool. So you're going to get him next year? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's a lot of hard work, so I'm going to try and see if uh, maybe I can put every shop that wants to be involved in charge of one little thing so it just can spread the load a little bit. What's the matter? Uh, you don't want to carry the load? Uh, you know, if, I have a newborn on the way, so uh, <laughs> maybe maybe with two kids and uh, next year it might be a little spread thin, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I, like you yeah. said, fun was had by all, and and yeah, uh, any, anybody in particular, any anybody in particular that was uh, outstanding, or uh, anything happened that was particularly uh, fun. Uh, I mean, people may hear hate to hear this, but I think the number one guy shot the rattlesnake. I mean, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's not every day that gets to happen. There was a rattlesnake out there. Yeah, one guy was actually shooting one of the courses and stepped right over it, and the guy trailing him shot the rattlesnake. Like when once they had passed the stage, he shot it. <laughs> oh my! That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty exciting. So it not not only is it combat, but it's nature too. Yeah, welcome to Southern California. Yeah, no kidding. I live up in Ramona, and I'm terrified of rattlesnakes. So tell me how that worked out. Oh yeah, that worked out really well. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of work you, you put into that uh, this year, and it was a, a fabulous job. Everyone had a great time. And, uh, you know, to line up all those sponsors was huge. And speaking of sponsors, you've been such a great uh, sponsor and um, supporter of uh, San Diego County gun owners. Absolutely. Uh, for the dinner, uh, you gave away a lot of uh, prizes. And my wife, Eileen, won your, uh, your lower and uh, you were nice enough to to build it out. And I got to tell you that um, I took it and I tried it the other day. I took it to uh, to to the range and it just shot beautifully. Good, good. Every time I help someone build an upper or a lower or any rifle, whatever, I always build it. And I tell them the honest truth. I said, this is how I would want the rifle. This is the things that I like. And if you don't want those things, that's fine. But I want you to have the best bang for the buck and actual great shooter. So I always try and put my personal input in there. And, you know, if you have the rifle that I would want, I'm jealous of your rifle. Yeah, well, it 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 was exactly what you said it would be. Just a you know, just a great shooter. Um, is this also, it? Is this, this the, is yeah. This is we've got the the uh, this, this spec stat? sheet right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's an an arrow, an arrow upper. Yeah. Right. Strike Industries yeah. charging handle. Was that the the uh, the one where you can pull it on the side there? The the extended. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the extension latch. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it's just a solid, good shooter. It's, um, you know, uh, the, the VG6 compensators are are fantastic. Which is another local guy. He was his uh, company started up in Anaheim and then got bought by Arrow, and so he moved up to Washington and gets to shoot all day and get paid. So he's got a pretty cool job. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's great equipment. Tough so. gig. And the optic was terrific. So yeah. anyway, the uh, optics, the new Sig Romeo Five. Wow, high yeah. class. Yeah. Well, mine's a nice. lot like mine's a lot. Easier. I got a 1022 Ruger, and I told him, I said, put the best bread dot on it you would put on it if it was your gun. OMG. Hey, Did quick, you try it? 
Yeah. My wife took the gun away from me. She's out in the backyard. She goes, this thing is great. She's targeted. Awesome. I'm not giving her any bullets yet, but eventually, once I get her trained. All right. Hey, quick shout out to San Diego County Gun Owners member Kim Mead and her brand new little kitty Bordeaux. Oh, uh, how cute. Right She's here. listening right now. On FM 961 AM1170. Don't forget to listen to us on Facebook. Don't forget to go to Facebook. Don't forget to tune in. And we're here for you on uh, FM 961 AM 1170, the answer. Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network.